Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. So good to be with you this morning. And I want to start by saying thank you to the leadership of Clovey for trusting me. And I want to thank God that he is with me. Because I need to let you know that at the moment, I don't know what the sermon is. I know. Not because I'm unprepared, but because of the way that we're going to do it today. I don't know about you, but I love stories. I loved my year three, four teacher, when I was at Birdwood Primary School. Her name was Mrs. Herman. And at the end of every day, she would gather us as a class on the floor in front of her. And over two years, she read for us the famous five and secret seven. Books that perhaps at the moment aren't politically correct, but I loved that time. The community of sitting together with my classmates, listening to my teacher read the stories, being immersed together in stories. I loved it. Growing up, my dad loved to tell stories. He told stories of what it was like growing up um, in a very poor family. Um, My dad's father, my grandfather, he only had one leg. He was unable to work. And so there were times when they would be sitting around the table thanking God for food that actually wasn't in the house at the time and how God amazingly provided for them. I love listening to the stories on the other side of my family. My mum's dad was severely wounded in World War I and he was left to die on the field until another man from Kersbrook came past, saw him and said, when it's dark, I'll come back and get you. And he was rescued and he spent a year in Harefield Hospital in England and then returned home, married and was able to have a family. Both of my grandfathers struggled with pain, but were men who showed courage. And I love to listen to the stories of their faith and how that shaped them, and then how that in turn has shaped me as a person. I loved going to my Sunday school classes at Gumaraka Baptist Church, where we went regularly up until the time that I left school and we moved down to the city. My first Sunday school teacher was Miss Billingsley. And I love listening to her simply tell the stories of faith that we find in Scripture. I love the little activities that she would have for us. And then as I grew, other Sunday school teachers, Christian Endeavour leaders, youth leaders, helping me to explore the narrative of Scripture and what that can mean for me. Stories shape our lives. We all are shaped by story our own stories, our family stories, our cultural stories. Some of the stories that we're shaped by are perhaps not all that great. But for us as followers of Jesus, there is a story that shapes us, that we are immersed in, and that's the biblical narrative. From the time that God created through to the time when Jesus will return again and make all things new. That's the narrative that you and I belong to. And over the last few years in my work um, as a chaplain in a school, one of the things that has grown passionately for me is this belief that 
We need to immerse ourselves more and more in those gospel narratives and in the biblical narratives. And yet, as a community, a faith communities, I think that there is a sense that we read familiar stories, we have favourite verses, but we don't immerse ourselves. And we don't sit with some of these amazing stories and see what God has for us. So the morning, this morning, friends, we're going to sit with one of those stories and see what God has for us together, okay? So in a moment, I'm going to start telling a story. I want you to listen to the words, not because I've crafted it in any special way, but just listen for the story. For many of you, it will be familiar. For some of you, it may be new. But as I'm telling the story, I want you also to notice objects that I put out on our very large story mat. Normally, a story mat that I would use would be on a small table with a group of kids sitting around me. So I want you to imagine that your kid's sitting on the floor in front of me with a very small story mat, just blown up a little larger. As you listen and as you watch, notice what is happening within yourself. Is there a word? Is there a part of the story? Is there an object that captures your imagination? That makes you wonder, makes you think. Maybe there's something through which God wants to speak to you today. Let's see what he's got for us, shall we? So, pretty early in the story of God's people that began through the man of Abraham, we find a young boy. Now, I'm not really quite sure whether this young boy was self-centred or whether he actually was a little naive in the way that he came across to people. He was one of 12 brothers, and he was the eldest of two boys born to his mum. And because he was the eldest in that particular part of the family, he was actually really important to his dad, Jacob. His dad was Jacob, his grandfather was Isaac, his great-grandfather was Abraham. So really early in the story, really early in this long narrative of God's people. He was loved by his father. And maybe dad was a little silly because he ended up giving to his son a beautiful coloured coat. Now normally a special coat that was crafted and given to a son would be given to the eldest son. You see, it wasn't a work coat like all the other kids had. This was actually a really special coat, a beautiful multicolored coat. Our friend Joseph wore it proudly. But of course, all the other brothers saw that and they were jealous. And they hated the fact that, that Joseph seemed to have this place in their father's lives that they didn't have. Maybe Joseph was a little silly too in the way that he told people about dreams that he had. He told his brothers and his father about a dream where it was like they were out in the wheat, shield, in, in the wheat fields and his bundle of wheat was in the middle and everybody else's bundles of wheat were bowing down to him. Brothers and father heard this and thought, well, that's a bit precocious. What's he going on about thinking that we're all going to bow down to him? And then another dream where sun, moon and stars were all bowing down to him. The brothers, their noses were really out of joint. And one day, Dad sent Joseph out to the field just to go and check on the brothers. They saw him coming 
They weren't thinking too kindly towards him. I said, let's grab him. Let's do away with him. And we can go back to dad and we'll tell him that a wild animal has taken him. But one of the brothers says, no, don't kill him. Let's put him in the well. Put him in that ditch down there. While that brother was doing something else, the rest of the brothers noticed some traders coming past, heading towards Egypt. Ah, let's make some money, they thought. So they ended up selling their brother Joseph to the traders on the way to Egypt. And so here's our friend Joseph, no longer wearing his beautiful bright coloured coat. That was taken back to dad and a story was woven about how a wild animal had taken him. He was actually put in leg irons and he was taken as a slave to be sold in Egypt. Life wasn't quite turning out the way that Joseph thought. Dad back home was beside himself because his son, he thought, had been killed. Joseph finds himself in Egypt and they take him to the market where the slaves are sold. And he's sold into the, into the home of one of the leaders of the army of Egypt. The man was called Potiphar. He was high ranking, he was very important, he was quite a wealthy man. And so Joseph started to work in Potiphar's home and he was working really well and really hard. And he actually was able to do very, very well. Potiphar noticed this and he actually put Joseph in charge of everything in his household. He said to Joseph, I want you to be in charge of my household, my finances, my business, everything. Joseph did that and he succeeded and Potiphar was so pleased with the way that he worked for him. It seems as though this young man, no matter where he finds himself, does his best, works hard and wants to do the best he can in life. He remembers the stories that his father would tell him about Jacob and about Abraham, about the God who created this new family through which he said he would bless the whole world. And it would seem as though this young man trusts this God to help him in all that life throws his way. But something came his way that took him a bit by surprise. You see, Joseph was a lovely-looking young man. And Potiphar's wife noticed. One day, while he was working, she came to him. And she reached out. And she tried to take his hand. She tried to seduce him. Now, this was a bit tempting. Gorgeous woman. No one else was in the house. But being a man of integrity, he ran away. And as he ran away, she grabbed a hold of his coat and it came off of him as he fled. But she didn't like that. And so she started calling out, help. And she accused him of having attacked her. Now, of course, Potiphar, who had been trusting um, Joseph with all of his household and all of his finances and all of his business, 
He was so angry. But the sad thing is, Joseph had remained a man of integrity. He had not abused his place and he had not fallen into the temptation. And so we find our young man, sold as a slave, risen to a great status in Potiphar's house, now finds himself thrown into jail. Know about you, but if I was thrown into jail, I would feel a sense of having lost all hope. And yet it would seem as though this young man still has a sense of integrity, that he still makes sure that he's trusting in the God of his father and his grandfather. And he's making sure that he allows his life to be focused and centred on God. And to do his best no matter where he is. So here he is in jail, hard work to do. But he allows himself to continue to do his best and he rises up. And the governor of the jail notices how good he is. And after a bit of time, he's asked to look after the whole jail. Make sure that it runs well. Make sure that all the prisoners are doing what they need to do. Things are going well. While he's in jail, two people talked to him about dreams that they had. There were two people who had been working in Pharaoh's court. Joseph listened to the dreams and he was able to talk to them about what those dreams meant. One of them, through the dream, found out that he would actually end, his life would end. And the other one heard that his life would be saved and he would be released and go back to work in Pharaoh's court. That all happened. Joseph remained in jail. Time went by. He continued to work hard. He continued to care for all of the things of the jail. Until one day he was summoned to go to Pharaoh's court. You see, Pharaoh had had a dream. And Pharaoh wasn't sure what this dream meant. And the cupbearer remembered, ah, this guy in prison who told me what my dream meant, he can probably help Pharaoh. So he goes to see Pharaoh. Pharaoh talks to him about these weird dreams. In one, he sees really fat, healthy cows, and he sees little skinny cows. And the skinny cows eat the fat cows, but they don't change weight. And then he talks about a dream where there are grains of wheat, fat, luscious grains, grains that are dry and shriveled. The dry and shriveled ones take over the big, luscious ones. What does this dream mean? Joseph listened to it and he thought, I know what that means. God is telling you that for seven years there will be an abundant harvest. The rains will come, the crops will grow, and the harvest will be rich and full. But then will come seven years. It will be dry. There'll be a drought. Crops won't grow. What you need to do, Pharaoh, is to make sure that in the seven years of harvest, you are collecting grain to support and sustain your people through the years of drought. So Pharaoh thought, who will I put in charge? I don't know. 
And so he took a special robe and he took his gold chain and his special ring and he placed them on Joseph. And Joseph rose to be second in charge in the whole of Egypt. During seven years, he made sure that the crops were growing and that they were storing food ready for the harvest, um, for the time of famine. And over time, in that seven years, the crops were abundant, they were growing, they were healthy, they were rich. And the people working in the storerooms, trying to keep count of all the grain that was coming in, ended up losing count. They couldn't keep up with how much was coming in. The barns were overflowing. They had to build new ones. And then, of course, the drought came. People were hungry. People were frightened. But they could come to Joseph. And Joseph, because of his good work, was able to provide food for the people of Egypt throughout the years of the famine. But the famine had stretched beyond the borders of Egypt and that there were people beyond Egypt who were needing food. And one day, Joseph found in front of him 10 brothers and he recognised them straight away. He recognised the 10 brothers who had sold him as a slave to the traders who had pretended to father that he'd been killed by a wild animal. And now those brothers are in front of him asking for food. They didn't know who they were speaking to. I wonder what we would do in that situation. Joseph looked at his brothers with a heart of compassion. He took them through a bit of a test, a bit of a time. But finally, he was able to offer them food to eat. And they went back to Egypt and they brought their dad and their younger brother uh, back to Canaan and brought their dad and their younger brother back to Egypt. And Joseph said to them, throughout the years, you did something that you wanted to harm me. You sold me because you wanted to get rid of me. But through all of that, God has been faithful. What you did to bring me harm, God has used to bless the people of Egypt and to bless people beyond and to bless you, my family. A gracious man of integrity. A story that has ups and downs, ins and outs. And I wonder what we would do if we'd been him. And as you've listened to that story today, as you've wondered, as you've watched objects go onto the stage, as you've heard the words of the story again, what stands out to you? What part of that story might touch just one little part in your life today? Is there an object that makes you go, this is what I feel God's saying to me today, or I'm wondering about? Is there part of the story that just makes you wonder? Well, for the next few minutes, I'm going to invite Ash to come on stage with me. And she's going to help to guide us through this next stage because this is where the sermon takes an interesting turn. 
I've done my work for a moment. What we want you to do is to reflect on this story. Sit with it for a moment. What part of that story is God saying something to me about or to us about? Ash is going to talk us through the technical way of us being able to bring that back to the stage. And then I'm really going to be trusting God that as you respond to the things that you see on the stage, that God will show us something new that he wants us to take into the week. So, Ash, how are they going to do that? Thanks so much, Catherine. So, uh, like Catherine said, we're going to do something a little bit different. So, everyone online, this will be super easy for you. And everyone in the room, I trust it will be easy for you as well. Uh, We're actually all going to jump online and share our reflections in the online chat. So if you have a device with you, you're allowed to get it out. Bring out your device in church. If you don't, that's okay. We still want you to participate. We're going to have a couple people in our team just in a second to help us out. So while you're preparing your device and while you're preparing your thoughts, I'd actually love to ask Catherine to give us an example because sometimes it's helpful to have a sense of maybe where we're going. So Catherine, do you have an example of what you would maybe reflect in the online chat today? Yes, I do. And it's always different. I've told this story a few times, and each time I've done this, something new, something different even sits here for me. So there are a few things that I wish that I had time to talk to you about, but the one, one that I want to talk about is this one here, the lovely little pink, pink dress, <laughs> representing Potiphar's wife. In our culture today, the word consent is really important, and we see advertisements even on TV talking to us about talking to one another about consent, about respecting each other in relationships, whether that's as young people or as older people. The thing that strikes me as I look at this story from centuries ago, right back at the beginning of God creating this family, the people of Israel, consent was even an issue way back there. And the interesting thing, the flip here, is that... It was the female who was the perpetrator and the victim was actually the male. But what stands out is that Joseph was a man of integrity in relationship. Maybe he did a few silly things back here in the way that he kind of wasn't careful in the way that he shared what God was showing him. But it would seem as though all the way through this story, he is really respectful of relationships, recognising that God has created us for a relationship with himself, with each other, and with with ourselves individually. And I think that this dress for me represents that strong sense of Joseph, knowing who he is in relationship with God, relationship with other people, and relationship with himself. Awesome. So there's an example. You don't have to put that long of a reflection oh, yeah, in the chat. Don't, don't freak out. Um, what we'd like you to do is put a word or a thought, and then <coughs> Catherine and I are actually going to draw those together, and we're going to explore and unpack some of those just like Catherine did. So maybe the word integrity, maybe consent, maybe relationship. We want you to think about maybe an object that stood out to you, a character in Joseph's story, a word, a theme, whatever is resonating with you right now. We would love you to take some time to think about that, to pop that in the online chat. We're going to come back together. Families with kids.